Hi, my name is Jennifer Muldowney, aka The Glam Reaper, and this is The Glam Reaper Podcast. We're on YouTube and we're in your ears. This show will focus on stories about love, life and loss, and we'll also have a massive input from the funeral world, since that's the world that I live in. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome this episode's guest because he is one of my favoriteest people in the entire funeral industry and he's just a darling. Please welcome the incredible Larry. It's almost unfathomable how we don't value ourselves and that's why I think that we can't portray that value of our professional services to our families. You can't feel guilty. I asked a funeral director in, um, well, I'll say where, Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's He's a friend. I've holidayed with him. I said, tell me, what is the most expensive cremation funeral you've sold? Well, I didn't sell it, I arranged it. Well, you know, tomato, tomato. There's a a sale involved. Come on. You have a contract for goods and services. You sold something. But he said, oh my gosh, Larry, $13,000. And I said, oh, that's not very big. Oh, I felt so guilty. The lady, she just kept adding things and adding things. And I was like, oh my God, what is she going to do when I tell her the final? And she didn't even blink an eye. And I was like, yeah. And then you should have asked her if she wanted anything else. Yeah. But he did. We don't think our stuff's worth it. Why are they going to think our stuff's worth it? So I don't think that's a blanket problem. But I think that in a way, we all have an insecurity I mean, I know sometimes when I when I quote my hourly, like today I engaged with a new client and I told him what my my hourly rate was because he wanted just stuff to be hourly, not a monthly retainer. And I told him and in the back of my mind is like, oh, is he gonna say okay? Or is he gonna say, holy crap? And he said, oh, okay, yeah, that's perfect. And I said, stop with the insecurities. Yeah, that's definitely something that's across the board, I think, for everybody. I am absolutely massively guilty of that myself. And it's um, it's so common. Yeah, it really is. And again, (laughs) I feel like we need to punctuate this constantly with that's another podcast because I actually had to engage a coach to train me to when I was negotiating with people instead of leaving it the the offer on the table of what I knew my services were worth, I would already jump in and say, oh, well, you know, I mean, I could do a discount if we talk, you know, hours. Automatically assuming that you're not worth it. And that is definitely a whole other podcast about worthiness and all of us day to day in our negotiations. And that goes across the board, not just in business. But I do think- I'll comment one on that because my little brother taught me this years ago. And it's exactly about negotiation and sales techniques. When you present your offer, shut the up. Because the first person who talks loses. <laughs> and that's always me. God damn it. <laughs> it's hard though, because it gets uncomfortable after a minute. <laughs> and there I am sitting just going, or you can't say anything. And, and you know, it it's not like we're trying to sell something that has no value. 
yeah. back to the security insecurity thing. Yeah. If they I want do. your service, you got to get paid. You live in New York yeah. City for God's sakes. Oh yeah. I can't well, even imagine your rent. Let's not go down that that Alice in Wonderland path. Like I do think that insecurity. I do think goes across the board even more yeah. so in the funeral business and actually that guy Eric's book does talk about that and how we need to as a community start seeing our pricing as a relationship not transactional because yeah. once it's transactional it is it does become less about the family and more cold hard and getting sales targets and things like that and one of the things I regularly say to Joe Public or anybody that doesn't necessarily know the community the funeral community is that sorry to break it to everybody but it is a business and so we've got to kind of step away from oh well mm, such and such charged me this because he's you know robbing me and i've just lost my family and absolutely is that the hardest thing to have to do is to charge a family when they've already lost maybe a child even it can actually as a funeral person it can wrench your heart out if a lot of the funeral people i know if they could they would give all their services for free absolutely really most of them yeah that's honestly what i would nearly beg Joe Public to do is just for a moment meditate whatever sit down even over a cup of coffee and just think could I start at the funeral business tomorrow could I go into a funeral home tomorrow it takes a lot it takes a lot of courage it's definitely this calling business I do think some people are called for it other people are not but I do think it takes a certain person like I firmly believe if you are born into hospitality it's in you it is yep. for some people it is not for other people and I think the funeral business is very much like that but people have to remember they have got to keep the lights on they have got to keep their staff trained and, and paid and therefore well fed and there are so many other aspects that Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook he doesn't get a, attacked for the price that he's doing or and I'm just picking random people but you know successful CEOs you don't see them getting the attacks that say maybe the CEO of SCI or somebody else gets right um, just because they're as big as they are in the funeral sector all of a sudden they must be monsters absolute monsters they're making money off people dying I hate to break it to you people are going to die anyway and yep. the tragedy of it is one of the things I actually said on a recent podcast I was interviewed on that uh, they were lawyers and they were actually their minds were a bit blown by what i said was look at the entire reaction to COVID 19. we have been inundated with social media and applause and let's help all of the frontline workers and i am not saying to take anything away from that absolutely those people put their lives on the line daily it still is horrendous especially in new york but all over the world but not once did people throw a soft applause anything to the what i call final like the your your final line worker like what about those people if the funeral industry had a where they were so heartless they could have just said nothing to do with us they could have stood back and just let the bodies pile up and pile up and pile up i know funeral directors that were working 24 hours a day listening to calls from families they just didn't know what to do with the body and hospitals were so inundated that they couldn't hold on to them and so what were going to happen to all of these people but nobody thinks and and even still during COVID-19 the funeral industry still got a bad rap oh my yep. god 
bodies are out in in freeze freezing units in lorries out in the side of the road and you know this and that and it's just you can't oh, win the place just down the street from you yeah yeah putting the bodies in unrefrigerated the dumbest thing I ever heard and it's horrific but I don't know his side of the story did yeah. he just do what he had to do to you know the man's probably going to lose his license over that and I can't say that I know whether that's just or not because I don't know anything about the story other than the media and some friends I know let's take New York City for example the capacity yeah. of the city is the five boroughs is 88 bodies a day that's it cremation 88 bodies a day that's and cool. that's not enough pre-covid never mind when more people are choosing cremation because they think that's the only way to kill the virus which that's not even true the virus yeah. doesn't live in the body forever anyone knows infectious disease they know that the body has to be alive for something like that it can't survive in a dead body but between the time that it dies and the time you get that body it could still be communicable even embalmed it can still be communicable we say we use universal precautions so if we truly did we wouldn't have to worry but yeah. look at what the problems we didn't have masks we didn't have gloves we didn't have coveralls head shields i mean we were freaking out as a profession well if we were doing what we were supposed to do we wouldn't have had that you know so the city itself and the politics yeah in new york you cannot own a crematory unless you are a cemetery or that you were grandfathered but the grandfathering those units are so old that they shouldn't be operating but sorry guys you know the restrictive politics there's you know there's only a couple of states new york and new jersey or, or two that have that law about cremation and it goes back to cemetery versus funerals and it's just silly we're we're all we are all trying to do the same thing turn a dead body into a living memory mm -hmm. whether you're scrubbing the toilets at the funeral home or embalming or digging the grave with tobacco or driving the hearse whatever we all do the same thing yeah i'm just rambling now getting no, on my high horse yeah no but absolutely larry and it's just it's so topical at the moment because mm -hmm. like as i said when i said it on that podcast they were floored they were, we never even thought of that and i said of course you didn't and it's not that i was doing the shout out to be like Ooh, funeral people you know feel sorry for us it's not that it to me it just was so clear it showed how the media completely zone in on negative, 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 negative. You didn't see massive amounts of media attention on how hospitals run out of equipment, only if it was running out of equipment in a, okay, but let's get it, get some equipment in. And it was a positively spun story. So it's just fascinating to me how it's constantly presented in a negative manner. And you absolutely hit the nail on the head so many times we do not and i always use the word we we as a funeral community do not help ourselves i i'm not pointing fingers at other people too i'm just as guilty of of the things that i talk about all the time you're 100 percent right um that's yeah. that's such a good point it's sad and here's the thing it's 
how to fix it, you know, if so much damage has been done and definitely that Jessica Mitford book, while she had some very valid points, kicked off, I mean, that was the 1960s. So we're 60 years on from that and we're still reeling from it. I do think regulation across the board will definitely help. But then to be honest, Larry, as well, I look at my little country of Ireland and there's practically no regulation. We have an NFDA style, you know, we have our own little funeral directors association, but what cracks me up and as somebody who's from Ireland and started there and seen that and now here touched on it and I'm going to dig a little deeper is politics. Politics ruin everything. They do. It really grates on my nerves. So while we've no regulation in Ireland, mostly, they're still trekking along fine. I could go home in the morning and set up my own funeral home and flourish. You could embalm, you could do all of it. Yeah. And what do I think that's necessarily right? I don't. But I do think that barrier to entry does allow people who actually want to get on, allow them to get on. Whereas I know from starting my company in Ireland that the politics, if people on the higher boards decide they don't like you or they don't like your new innovative idea, and I know you understand this, they can squash you, they can get rid, they can keep the voice down. And it's just really unfair and not right, I don't think. People think we've gone beyond the good old boys club. Yeah. Not even close. The good old boys don't look like old fat bald guys anymore. Good old boys can be women. Good old boys can be young millennials, trust fund babies. Any group can, and this is politics, right? Any group can affect people's livelihoods. I mean, I think of social media and and Facebook particularly, just the fact that I know they can track everything I do online and target ads. Who's to say they're not doing nefarious things with that information? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, that whole online thing. I, I don't. I don't think. I think I'll stick to my Disney Plus channel. I'm not going to. Yeah, watch I won't that. watch that movie. But you know, the the barrier to entry is super important because, well, even in the states, Iowa, I think last year, the year before, they were looking at getting rid of the requirement for licensure. Licensure because no one wants to be a funeral director in Iowa. I don't know that they did it. I haven't, I mean, with COVID, I haven't been to Iowa in a long time. Um, But the UK and Ireland, there's no licensure, but they do have those oversight boards, like the BIE, um, you know, and, and if you're not certified by them, you almost can't get much business. Yeah. But in the rural areas, you know, the the home funeral is still something very popular in Ireland, as you know. And we think it's just such a, oh, my God, you can't bring the body home. Well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. But, you know, there are regulations here that, that hamper that in a lot of areas. So yeah. for me, regulations are a 50-50 thing. Thank you so much for listening to the Glam Reaper podcast. It has been something I've been working on and muddling with for over two years now, so I appreciate your time to listen in. 
Every episode will have a new guest we hope you will find interesting as they tell their own story. So stay tuned for the next episode or have a look through the Glam Reaper episode collection. Find your nugget of gold as we talk all things life, love and loss with a dash from the funeral world. Until next time.